2: $25
1: each.
0: Visit LiveNation.com slash to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash to buy now. Dealing with pests
2: can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does
0: Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast.
1: If your home or business has pests, don't stress it.
2: Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.
0: When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel.
1: They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. It's our weekly listener mail segment, where once again, just like with Strange News, we look through hundreds hundreds of uh fascinating correspondences questions feedback and suggestions and then we picked just a few on uh admittedly an entirely arbitrary basis uh to share them <laughs> with you this is the best part of the show your fellow listeners uh speaking directly to you with some uh <laughs> with with some with some conversation some commentary from us we're going to look Into, um, we're going to look into allegations of cults and social media. We've got some serious concerns about uh security at the FBI. No spoilers. Uh, we've got some objects that may have more to them than meets the eye. Uh, Again, no spoilers. And then uh, at the very end, the very, very end, we have we have a a, just one more piece of correspondence we want to add. But that's all we're going to say. You're going to have to listen to the rest of the episode to find that one, he says, as though a fast-forward button doesn't exist.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, don't you dare skip to the end.
1: <laughs> right, right. Just skip the ads. Uh, didn't say that. Our award-winning ads? Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm pretty sure our parents made those ad awards. Yeah. yeah,
2: it was a little suspicious that it was like a broken bowling trophy.
1: And also, I got one signed mom, and I was like, I love you. But that's try a little harder if you're if you want to uh, pull a fast one on us. Uh, but anyway, mom, if you're listening, uh, love you. Happy Mother's Day. So, and say that to your mom if you if you haven't had a chance, it will have passed by now. So, say happy belated Mother's Day.
0: Yep, and make sure to buy her a Dr. Pepper zero your milk is zero sugar, <laughs> zero sugar. Favorites of moms the world
1: over, everybody knows mm-hmm. them. Yep. Watch out, Diet Coke! So, uh, today uh, we've got our ventures laid out. So, how about this, uh, Matt? We received uh, we received one piece of correspondence for someone who asked to remain fully anonymous. Is that
0: correct? Fully, Garth, or is it? How's it go? Ful, fully, yes, fully, Garth, no, fully, Wayne. Uh, what? No, that's not no, that's not no, the right thing. Those are
2: not Waynes World uh, <laughs> expressions, my friends. <laughs>
0: Bill Bill and Ted. That's Bill and Ted.
2: Oh, speaking of that, really I'm so sorry to interrupt. I watched the new Bill and Ted movie the other day. Uh it was quite bad, but I was still overcome emotionally at the end when they save the world with music. Right.
0: They definitely do it. Uh love the love the daughters characters in that in that movie. I, I also like the daughters' characters. All right, so yes. This person wishes to remain fully anonymous, so we're going to read the correspondence and then discuss. Here goes. Good day, gentlemen. I've been debating sharing my secret for a while, and I've decided to just go ahead and spill it. It's not as juicy or as exciting as it sounds. We disagree. I am a software engineer for one of a handful of private companies that provide a software connection to the FBI's NCIC Databases.
1: Oh, oh, I remember this one. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. N- and <laughs> NCIC stands for National Crime Information Center, and it's the United States central database for tracking crime related information. Basically speaking, it's the home of everyone's permanent record as it relates mm-hmm. to crime, driver's licenses, etc. Disregarding the archaic infrastructure of the system, my story involves how exposed it really is and how much damage could be done. Okay, this is already feeling dangerous. This is dangerous information. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to this and you have uh, bad intentions, please stop listening. Just go ahead and stop. We'll wait. Just stop listening now. Okay, good. And you've left? Total honor system. Okay, good. You're gone. Okay, great. Only... Only good-intentioned human beings and other uh, intelligent creatures listening now. Here we go. Try and think back to the 1995 film The Net. While a bit ridiculous in dramatics, the concept of creating, adding to, or even deleting a criminal record is a very real possibility. Even behind multiple layers of protection, access to internal and external systems is frighteningly unprotected. To steal a turn of phrase, here's where it gets crazy. Ooh, Gosh, there's power in saying that, Ben. Now I now I know how you've gotten all those <laughs> all those intense powers over the years, just by saying that one phrase. Okay. <laughs> and he says, without outing myself or my company, I can tell you there are entire states main servers protected with complex credentials like, can you guess, guys?
1: Mm, uh Toten chit, which is the badge <laughs> to give you in Boy Scouts that says you can use
2: knives. I was thinking some kind of complex biometric scanning of some sort, but I like where Ben's going as well.
0: Well, we're, we're thinking more username and password. What do you think the username oh, is? Oh,
1: yeah. Wait, it's unfair because I, I know the answer, but
0: oh, okay, <laughs> if for
1: everyone, for all our conspiracy realists playing along at home, uh, whatever your idea was, dumb it down.
0: That, that's what it is. And we're not going to say what it is. And the password, if you can guess what that one is, you're probably right. Is it Password. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, Okay. I'm going to move on with the email here. (laughs) Seriously, that is 100% fact. Even servers with, with a more complex login system are remarkably simple. Combine that with databases that are, by default, already logged in, and you have free reign to do whatever you'd like. Don't like that arrest from 10 years ago popping up on a background check? Just log in and delete the record. Want to get an enemy arrested? Just log in, make up some facts, and suddenly they're a confirmed gang member with active warrants and a history of awful sex crimes. Ooh, buddy. Even worse, these databases house the end user's login credentials openly. So in theory, you could access the servers, then log into the NCIC software with a police chief's credentials, log out, and no one would be the wiser. That's terrifying. He moves on to say, of course, nothing done nefarious like this would hold up in the long run, and eventually a person's name would be cleared, but imagine the damage it would cause in the meantime. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's some short-term chaos that you could uh, pull off right there. Well,
1: lasting chaos, isn't it? Just to just to point this out, you know, um, one of the things that is either a flaw in the justice system or part of the insidious design of the mechanism is that it punishes people for being poor. So it doesn't mm. matter if you're innocent if you cannot afford the real expenses involved in clearing your name. And even, if they're, even after you get your name cleared, um, there's another mechanism, right, for you to be to seek compensation for what happened to you. So it's... It will mess right. somebody up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh no, it's like a long path to becoming whole again, right? Like, I mean, even if you are found innocent and then you've spent all this money, then I suppose you could sue, you know, the person that wrongfully accused you in a civil case to get back some of the money that you spent defending yourself.
1: If you could discover who it is. I know we're not mm. at the end of the letter yet, but that's I think that's one mm. of the key pieces there with the we're talking about compromising a system. But then the other step is uh, how easy yeah. it is to impersonate someone.
0: Totally. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's really scary. Let Just for some further context before we jump into finishing that letter, as we're thinking about the possibilities here of what could go wrong, let's talk about the NCIC a little bit more. Just, Just so we have a better understanding here. So it's literally the records that are kept for everyone. If you're a United States citizen or if you're actively in the United States, you know, and have certain documentation, there's probably stuff about you in there. Or if you've got a business, maybe, or an LLC or a company that's registered in your name in some way, there's stuff in here. The NCIC was started in 1967 by the FBI. That's when they launched it. And it started with five files on an individual that had records in the NCIC And it had around 350,000 records when it began. Now, at least the last time the FBI updated their website, FBI.gov, it has 21 files that are available or possibly available for each individual and more than 16 million active records. Wow. And the NCIC averages millions of transactions each day, which means sharing information from one party to another. So what you need to know is that This database is accessed by around 80,000 different law enforcement entities. And you can also get access to this thing if you meet certain criteria, which is really interesting. So you don't have to hack into the system to check out a record that you've got or something that you've got on your record or somebody else's record. There are several ways you can actually get access. So uh, let's hit a couple of these, and then we'll talk about them, guys. The first one... Become an employee of an accredited law enforcement agency. Mm-hmm. Okay, that works, right? Pretty yeah. easy.
1: Yeah, but, it's the, but then you have to think of the buy-in. So pros, it is actually pretty easy, depending on the law enforcement agency, and depending on your existing record, if you haven't been able to, to scrub it yet. Uh, and then the other issue is that uh, these are not high-paying jobs. This is really hmm. committing to the bit, and then you're going to be suspect number 1 if you've only worked there for like 90 days something screwy gets discovered and you Kaiser Soze out you're not you're not mm-hmm. going to get away so yeah so that's i wonder one. if there's a yeah.
0: yeah that is one i wonder if there's a way you could scrub the database by hacking into it of your permanent background record then get hired then put it back in there and then nobody's nobody knows the difference. What happened? Ha, 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 ha. Why would you put it back? <laughs> well, I don't know. You're a right. Why would you put it back? <laughs> I don't know. Just, yeah, just like,
2: you know. just rearrange the text a little bit. Just edit it. You know, it's uh, sort of like uh, faking a resume.
1: Or, uh, uh, you know, give yourself a crime that you think is more interesting. Like mm, grand more theft, more badass. Grand Theft Dirigible would be a go-to. Uh-huh. 5, that's pretty good. That's always that's always a, ah, a crowd pleaser. Who pleasure. are
2: these people? These monsters? Uh, yeah, you know. So really quickly, Matt. So this is essentially it's it's an interagency database. Like it's not. It's it's a lot of different law enforcement agencies that have access to this for various reasons. Just to clarify.
0: Yes, eighty thousand different it. agencies in law enforcement. Insane uh, groups. But uh, here's yeah. the other thing. Other, other people and groups can access it. And mm-hmm. he, here's the other way you can gain access. Yeah, you yeah. Can sorry, get,
1: we cut you off. What, what, what's, what's, the, what's number two? Well, it's okay.
0: You can get certified. So mm. you can actually do this. And it's just to get certified to query the NCIC. Mm. So it doesn't mean you're actually going to get to use it or to add stuff to it or remove things from it. You would just read be all a all user. That. Right? Read- yeah, read only. Exactly. And depending on which state you're in, the requirements to be able to query the NCIC are going to be a little bit different. Um, so that makes sense. I mean, I don't know. I didn't look it up for Georgia, but we could find out. I'm interested now. What, what do they got on me? Hmm. Uh, okay. So the other thing you can do here is send in a request directly to the FBI to get information about you. yeah
1: it's almost like filing for discovery uh in in court you know tell me what you got uh you have to be careful how specific you are about that i think it's probably better to have a legal representative make that request for you because otherwise you're pretty much saying something like do you guys know about that that went down with me and blockbuster
0: (laughs) yeah seriously still have that captain ron tape all these years later they've been after you but Do you have anything on me regarding the Wells Fargo at 4th and 17th Avenue around December of last year? No. Great. Okay, thanks. Bye. Uh, You know, they get crazy
1: letters, though. They're probably letters where someone says, you know, I demand under this made up law that I read about on Facebook that you delete any uh, DNA or genetic information you have about me and please return that sample of my stool that you stole in 2017. <laughs> or, or, or I will be forced to take legal action. I don't know if, you ever, if anybody's received those kinds of scams, um, but they're, sometimes they are from people who genuinely believe that they're rooted in reality. So I'm sure the mm-hmm. FBI itself has a lot of stuff to go through with these requests.
0: Oh, yeah, there's so much stuff. You guys, those 21 files we talked about, um, not only do they have silly and fun names, and they're just very straightforward, but uh, there's a lot of information in here. So there's the gun file. Mm. You can access your gun file or somebody's boat file or their securities <laughs> file or their vehicle and boat parts file. Their license plate file, fugitive, uh, fugitive file, foreign fugitive file. Oh, no, it's just fugitive foreign fugitive file. Law, That's fun.
1: Law and Order boat crime, right?
0: Well, yes. Why not? First season,
1: Lake Lanier. That's funny. If law, you live in Georgia.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I love it if it was if it was even more specific. Law and Order vehicle and boat parts. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> and there's that climactic part of the episode where uh, somebody steals a whole boat. And one of the detectives is like, we can't, we can't do it. We're boats and vehicle parts. It's a very Mm -hmm. Chinatown moment because they have to walk away while the guy is like clearly (laughs) drunkenly yelling at them from his fishing boat.
0: Oh, yeah. So so there's all kinds of stuff in here, and it goes from kind of what feels like a little sillier, even though gun file is not silly at all, uh, all the way down to a gang file, to a wanted person file, National Sex Offender Registry, violent person file. There's just a lot of stuff in there that you could be searching and you could find for any individual person. Uh, There's also, by the way, article. I think it's article file. Uh, It's all kinds of information in there. It's like that's probably going to be your the The most public information about you as an individual
2: mm. is going to be hanging out in there. So, and the takeaway here is that this database and databases like it are much more easy to crack into than one might think.
0: Well, yeah, there's a yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there, and they are possibly easily hackable. Mm-hmm. So, let's jump back here to the email to to finish up, and we'll we'll get out of this uh, discussion of the NCIC. Our fully anonymous person says, I understand the situation described as unique and a not and not a likely scenario, but it brings to light the bigger picture of the security of information. I'm absolutely sure you've done stories on hacks and data breaches. Yes, we have. So this is not news to you guys, but the idea and scope of insecurities is much, much larger than anyone could imagine. As many server systems link into clusters, gaining access to one could open them all up. If you ever do want to look into this or any software-related issues, this person is offering uh, their help for nice. us to look into those things. That's great. And then this person sent us information on the NCIC itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they say, yours truly, fully, incredibly anonymous. So there we go. <sighs>
1: yeah, which is a shame because anonymous has a, a nickname that I found really endearing that, per their request, is not making it to air. Well, you know we love a good nickname, so... uh Sorry to be deprived
2: of this one, but um, Matt, I have, a, I have a quick question before we, we wrap this one up. Would you say the, the takeaway here is that I would be much more vigilant with your passwords and usernames, or is it like it's out of our hands? It feels like well, it's kind of out of our hands.
0: The takeaway is there's nothing we can do right. to secure the FBI's databases, yeah. but the FBI can, and people who work internally – At the Federal Bureau of Investigation, if you're listening, and Uh we know you are, you could secure the passwords for that database. Yeah, or you know, Mister Robot's going to do it for you. You
2: think they'd be? (laughs) That that seems like something the FBI would be good at, you know, encryption and uh, protecting data and
1: all that. But wow, that's very very eye opening. There may also be some sort of internal policy or guideline meaning that stuff has to get run up the chain when a password changes because of the level of information it's protecting. So it that policy well-intentioned, I, I, we don't know if that's true. We're just saying mm. like it, it might not be as simple as one person being able to say, yeah, this is dumb, let's fix it uh, with a stronger password. They might have to run it by several other departments who also have to sign off on it. And it might be such a hassle and such a time vampire that eventually they just said, look, just nobody tell anybody.
0: <laughs> that that could be it. You could also just be dealing with the fact that this thing was created in the 60s, and it's kind of a legacy system, and mm-hmm. who knows what kinds of updates have occurred to the software and hardware that they use to, to run the servers and to actually access it. Um, it. It may just be issues with that. It may be issues with the number of individuals that are having to access this thing. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, you assume, as, as our emailer told us, each individual person has login credentials, as any large system does. But for some of the administrator accounts, um, they're probably shared amongst multiple people. For sure. Well, and that's it, probably I, one of the reasons.
1: Yeah. And yeah. also, I, I think I can't remember, we may have brought this up on a, on a recent previous episode, but sometimes it's a purposeful decision to keep things archaic, right? Like it's so weird that I, I think we talked about this. It's so weird mm-hmm. that the, um, the U.S. and many countries in particular will have some technology that's like, 10, 15, 20 years past what the public knows about. And then other stuff that is a relic of uh, post-World War II America, you know, like what was the example used? There's somebody, there's somebody working on a top secret aircraft right now, and they're probably irritated because they have this technology that's not supposed to exist, but every time they have to fix the landing, the landing gear, they have to submit the order through fax. For some reason, uh, yeah, like it's good to have that archaic stuff though, because in some cases, it can be easier to protect than something that lives in a cloud. So I'm just saying, in their defense, still those surprisingly sloppy security.
0: Totally, we we just got some correspondence from people talking about very sensitive systems that still run on Windows 95 or XP, which is just how it goes sometimes.
1: Oh, and uh, just a personal note, uh, Bill. Melinda, life is long. All the best.
0: Ooh, yeah, yeah. Uh, cheers on your new lives <laughs> as you know, co-billionaires, just separate but still billionaires. Um, that is weird. What is? What happens to the foundation? Is it still the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation? Wait, or is it- they're getting I've, a
1: divorce. Yeah, yeah. I oh, think. Oh no! uh, I think Melinda Gates is taking the house, and Bill's keeping the windows. Oh. I'm sorry. No, these are real Jesus. people. It's their real right. life. I that's so so really sorry.
2: funny, Ben. That's did, did you just make that up on the spot?
1: I, yeah. I, that's what like that's what <laughs> makes sense to me. There's a Gates joke in there, but I'm not clever enough no, to get to that, it. Uh, well, you were. That's a pretty significant uh, display of cleverness, right there. But uh, I gotta give it to kind. you. I'm sure that there are many people who are. I don't know.
0: I but, we shouldn't make. Make but Ben, I thought I sense. thought
2: money solved all your problems. Like I thought.
0: For, yeah. Hey, you guys, for real, what what do you think the passwords of a Bill Gates look like? They probably don't. It's probably something unfathomable to us. It's
2: probably right? an onomatopoeia version of the Windows startup sound. Mm. Like, Bling.
0: You know,
1: I don't know what that would be. I like that. I was thinking if he's petty, it's something like Job Zero Gates One,
0: mm. or like Melinda Forever. Guys, I'm sorry to keep harping on this, but like Oof. the FBI, you know, you know, you, you,
2: you think of the FBI and being in the secure facilities and all that as everything being guarded by like, you know, individualized thumbprints and biometrics and all of this. What the hell is going on mm-hmm. with this really bizarrely sloppy and 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 uh, disturbing?
1: Yeah, part of it. Part of it is budget. Part of it is, I guess, the political idea of like, or when I say political, I mean internal politics, like who wants to take that project on because you have so many people you have to interact with.
0: Well, we'll never know, guys, until our emailer writes us back after hearing this. It says, guys, it's this, obviously. It's way worse than everything you said. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But hey, thank you so much for writing in. We are going to take a quick break. Hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with some more correspondence.
3: So, visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
0: This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life.
1: At least, not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home.
0: Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, So does Terminix.
1: No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control.
0: Terminix it.
1: Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today.
0: That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today.
1: Attention, true crime enthusiast searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night. Look no further. Introducing Lazarus
2: Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief.
1: and we have returned not just to the show but to a theme something we've explored a little bit in the past tiktok uh so tiktok a hugely popular social media platform uh we've discussed it here uh sometimes in episodes sometimes in strange news or listener mail and behind the scenes Uh, This has been part of a larger conversation for us. So we're going to share this story from Jason with you, or Jason who hipped us to this on social media. And then we're going to uh, explore it just a a little bit. Because Jason, I think this goes, this may go in some directions you're not expecting. So Jason uh, wrote to me over on Instagram and said, Are you going to cover this rapper who appears to be running a cult-like compound via OnlyFans, a dude named Blueface, all one word for us uninitiated. Uh, And then he says, there are women living in either of two houses where they must fight, party, and get this, get his image tattooed on them. He sells his footage for $50 a month on OnlyFans. He pays them in exposure, promises to help them break into the industry, a lot of people are comparing him to a cult leader and or R. Kelly-like figure. Uh, and he says, I don't know the validity of the news sources that he shared. He said, but I wanted this to see the light of day. And here's the most interesting part, Matt, Noel, Jason, because you're here too, man. Uh, <laughs> Jason says, if you could not share, I understand. And that intrigued me because what if all, after all our years exploring so many strange things, it's a TikTok celebrity that ends up being the proverbial feather on the conspiracy camel's back. Uh, first, have you guys ever heard of Blueface?
0: I've never heard of Blueface. I mean, just like the Blue
2: Man group mm-hmm. and that, you know, uh, uh, Arrested Development episode with Tobias where he blew himself. That's <laughs> a new no, one. Don't know about Blueface.
0: It, it appears he has a song called Thotiana.
1: Mm hmm. Yep, there's a great uh, Daily Beast article that um, can give you a little more insight on this. So everything that you said, Jason, is true. Uh, He has not reacted well to the allegations that he is uh, creating a cult. Uh, He says instead they're filming a reality TV show. And this is a, he's calling it Blue Girls Club. It's a spin on Bad Girls Club, which was a show that was on Oxygen, the Oxygen Network. So this guy says that everything's consensual. He points out that he does not live in either of those two houses. He's flown the, uh, the actors or the women in from around the country. Uh, but it is true that there was a moment where uh, he woke them up and said and gave people the ultimatum of get a tattoo of me or my name or go home. Pick one. Uh, and this, you know, like obviously isn't chill behavior, but like if this is a cult, then stuff like Jared Leto's summer camp would be a cult, but they're not really, he's not really doing anything illegal that we can find at this time, right? Like that's just, I, I've heard of producers who treat non-scripted uh, talent worse than this, right?
0: Yeah. the The tattoo thing is a little weird. Yeah. If it really is forced, like if it's fully forced, that's uh, no thank you.
1: Well, there was the out, there was you can go home, so they weren't being forced. To pl- but you know, it's like Nexium, they were branding people in Nexium.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good analog there. Uh yeah, I, d- mm. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it either. I, uh,
1: I if I were um if I were a friend of one of these people or if I were a parent or family member, I I would think it was time to talk about you know other other ways to break into an industry which is a very vague promise anyhow. But here's the right now so yes Jason you're right it is weird. Is there some stuff they don't want you to know about it? Uh quite possibly uh because it's being portrayed as though it's going to be a reality show competing in that reality show space. Uh, but it's on OnlyFans, which is controversial to some for various reasons. Uh, and people are saying, look, if you want to make this show legit and not just this weird thing that you're doing to people, uh, then hire professional production staff. You know what I mean? Get, uh, medical, uh, medical staff on hand. Make, uh, like if you're having people fight for entertainment, then make sure that there's some way to care for them physically right and mentally as well um so i agree it's messed up but i don't i don't know if we're quite at cultish behavior yet Mm. and it's something um the three of us i think had talked about i can't remember whether this was off air or on the show tiktok has a thing with cults tiktok has a thing with (laughs) calling uh members calling themselves cults right no you you and i talked about this for sure
2: like it's a trendy thing or something you mean yeah that makes sense. No, I guess I didn't realize that terminology was used, but I, you know, just totally devil's advocate here. And this is going to sound like I'm being callous, but like, it's not technically illegal to start a cult, right? It, to totally the term, yeah. uh, no, and, and it's like, if these are all consensual adults who want to sleep in his treehouse and get tattoos, and that's cool, right? As long as he's not breaking the law or like any of them are underage or there's any kind of drugging or, you know, duress going on. Um, it seems like just kind of like a Uber fan type situation, maybe, and less of like an indoctrinated cult situation. But that's just on, you know, and again, like this, like TikTok is rife with that kind of stuff. People, it's it's a world where you can, you know, worship celebrities essentially and like and i feel like you're connected to them
0: and i'm reading this daily beast article and i'm (laughs) just not liking what i'm seeing no it's not good it's not
1: good matt is that your patented sigh of joy and happiness that
0: that is my happy 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 joy joy's sigh yeah ready to get tatted Blueface asks a room of sleeping
2: women that he had flown out to his 1.3 million dollar home in chatsworth by the way which is where they shoot all the porn this guy's obviously into porn uh, tattoo or go home, which
1: one is it? Yeah. Yeah, that's what um. <clears throat> that's what I was saying when I said it was an ultimatum, but he did give them an out. They weren't Great. forcibly held unless it was maybe like a, a cage of the mind. But here's the – which are real things? But here's where this takes a turn that you may not have been expecting, Jason, because of the reason that we've had our eye on the idea of TikTok and cults, as a, whether it's as a trending thing or as a real thing, is uh because it, it takes part in the context of a larger conversation. Let me give you one, let me give you one example of uh, probably the most famous self-described TikTok cult here. Have you guys heard of the Step Chickens? No. Sounds like the name of an improv comedy group. <laughs> it does. It does sound like, yes, actually. You got me with that one. No, that checks out. That's legit. I feel like I've seen them. I feel like I've seen them. In Chicago, exactly. Uh, but uh, I just posted a link here in our chat. Uh, there was a great New York Times piece last year, almost a year ago today, uh, called "Step Chickens and the Rise of TikTok Cults." Uh, there was a uh, there is a person on TikTok who was what social media would call a content creator or an influencer, and we all know people who are at varying levels of this or attempting to do this. The end goal is that you have millions of followers and then you support yourself through endorsement deals, right? So you're posting for your fans or your followers and then partway through, you know, you start organically integrating products. So you like hold up, you're like, "Mm, when I'm recording a conspiracy show, there's nothing better than this old Cold milk jar of iced coffee that I make at home. I would be terrible, this. it's not my, it's a skill set that I don't possess. But anyway, this influencer, Melissa Allg, is a uh, twenty. she's like 27, 28 now. And she created this online movement, this self-described cult called Step Chickens. And uh, all she asked people to do, I haven't got into it, I know a lot of our listeners are probably very familiar with this. Uh, All she asked people to do to uh, join the cult was pretty innocuous. Just put a specific type of profile picture on your TikTok profile. And then the members of these cults started buying merch. There's a song. uh, While Stepped Chickens is the most well-known, there are many, many, many out there And that's fun, right, for a lot of people. That's cool. We're part of something bigger. And it's harmless because you can always turn off your phone. You can always turn off TikTok.
2: You know, I'm actually in a cult uh, with my daughter and her two friends. Uh, They sort of tricked me into joining by putting a little uh, plush doll Mega Man picture as my Instagram profile pic. And it is still that to this day, gentlemen. Uh so I'm apparently in the Mega Man cult. But um no it's a thing like uh, on TikTok there's a lot of uh there's communities that identify each other by what their profile pic is and they oftentimes kind of gang up on people apparently. Some of them are better than others I guess. Um but they're always trying to recruit people as well. And and my daughter tells me this. The people are always trying to reach out and at first you think they're just kind of cool or whatever and then they drop their sales pitch. Uh what what
1: is the Mega Man cult? Me the Mega ask.
2: Man called is a joke. It's something that my daughter and her friends made up because oh, they okay. like me- they like Mega Man, uh, yeah. and we are the only members. It is just me and my daughter and her two friends. Um, so, but the other, the, but in general, though, this very much is a thing, and it's specifically on TikTok. And I was surprised uh, that how my daughter, how casually
1: she brought up being approached in this way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because the usual social filters, uh, simply do not exist in a virtual space. This is the bigger direction we're going with, Jason. Um, this is something that I think warrants a full episode in the future. And it's online radicalization, the presence of ubiquitous, uh, communication without verifying people's identities, which I personally am fine with. I think anonymity it can be a good thing, and often the benefits, this is the most optimistic thing I've said, often the benefits will outweigh some of the problems. I would hope, I'm, not, I'm on the fence about that, because I can see both sides, but we need to explore just how profoundly online communication has changed the process of recruitment and radicalization for anything like I'm not I'm not just say you know uh, I know we've heard a lot of a lot of talk about it in past years uh, with islamic extremist groups but I would ask people also to consider movements like inceldom right incels existed primarily as a digitally native radicalized group uh, and there's a lot of work going into how these processes occur this work is important because i'm going to i'm going to tell you what's going to happen or what people are hoping is going to happen they're going to hope to use the threats of online radicalization as a way of removing your ability to be anonymous on the internet The roots may change as though you're looking at Google Maps in ways, but the end destination is going to be to have your identity uh, freely, publicly available to make it increasingly difficult to be anonymous online. Um, The rationalizations, whether valid or cynical, um, to me, they are primarily a non-issue because it is all meant to work toward that end. At this point, to be fair, I have to ask, am I being too extreme, you guys? Do you think I'm... A, Matt, I saw you nod, and I don't know if it was like your nod of agreement or if it was a, a somehow very, very affirmative-looking nod of disagreement. Be quiet.
0: Um, I'm having a very hard time caring. I have to be honest with you guys. Caring about Blueface's plight? No, no. About <laughs> any... Any and all TikTok cults and/or groups and/or TikTok videos in general. I have. I am so old and curmudgeonly about TikTok. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing just makes me go, "Nope." Why? Uh, Nope. I'm out of here.
2: I look. I. I like a few of them when I see them reposted elsewhere. I don't look at it like as an ecosystem, but uh, I actually posted one of my story this weekend that my kid made where it was me and my girlfriend uh, doing insane in the membrane, but very slow. And I do the part that's like insane in the brain and it's really funny matt it made me laugh and it, it brought a lot of joy to my family so for that TikTok, i thank you i could do without the rest of it and the cult part is really strange and this blue face guy is clearly a creep and how does he have two houses that i've never heard of him not that i'm like the bellwether for who should have houses or not but like it's weird that he doesn't seem like famous enough to be as rich as he is
1: <laughs> Yeah, there are almost 8 billion people in the world for now. So uh, it's, it's easy to find a niche audience. Matt, I'm going to, since you asked me to keep this weird Colonel Kurtz-like lighting here. We're still I recording it. amid a storm. Uh, but let me go ahead and explain uh, TikTok to you. Please. And I realized, like I was shot. Like I was shot with a diamond diamond bullet right through my forehead and I thought my god the genius of it the genius the will to do that perfect genuine complete crystalline pure so the hand thing is from (laughs) in heart of darkness Marlon Brando uh also misrepresented himself the way that we did not legally advise you to do to break into NCIC Uh, When he showed up on set, for anybody who knows the story of Apocalypse Now, Coppola was uh, appalled by how far he had let himself go. You know, I'm very against body shaming or shaming people for their physical appearance, but he misrepresented himself. And so a ton of his parts in the movie, which were already pretty small parts, were cut and they had to relight everything. So that's why when you see Colonel Kurtz, most of the time he's like this. He's like this, or you very rarely see his whole face. Mm-hmm. And his best monologue is like by Marlon Brando's fist, featuring his face
0: occasionally. Like this, <laughs> and he's—I
1: think he's squeezing. He's—he's uh, he's washing his head or something.
0: Got it. So that's, that's right. So that's yeah. TikTok? A lot of close up bald
1: shots.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm confused too, but I think it's I think I think Ben is trying to sum up the, the je ne sais quoi that is TikTok with that uh, It's like tears in the rain, mainly mm. Matt, is what it's like. No, I, I don't get the appeal exactly either, but a lot of kids really love it, and as we talked about on the a few episodes ago, a lot of adults really love it, and it's got some problematic security features as well, or lack thereof, Ooh. or just you know what the hell are they doing with all that? Like you say, Ben, what are they building in there uh, with all that, all the children, all, all of our children's data? Um, but. Yeah, man, it's weird the level of stuff kids are exposed to these days on the Internet. They have access to all the things that ever existed, not to mention like these communities that can be really cool and positive and help you find your people, but can also be really toxic and creepy like this story.
1: Well, that's the yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, Matt, I must have misinterpreted. I thought you were nodding to the larger idea of online radicalization and how it will be used to rationalize removing your ability to be anonymous on the internet. And then it'll be another part of a... I mean, there's already, like, the, the infrastructure is already there. If someone, for some reason, wants to put a closer eye of Sauron on you, it's very easy to do if they work for the right places. But there are also simple steps you can take currently to keep those eyes off you or be a little bit more blurry in their vision. We just don't know how long that's going to last. And we don't know, we don't know how people being exposed as children to this kind of unprecedented level of communication. We don't know the ripple effects. We don't know what's going to happen. Like you're talking about, we're talking about generation uh, Z all the time, right? But what about the people who come next? They're going to be growing up even more. Uh, embedded in this world where someone is always talking to you and it's increasingly considered rude not to answer. something to mm. think about. Uh, we want to hear your take on it. Uh, let us know, one eight three three 833 std wytk Drop us an email, conspiracy at iheartradio.com. But don't do that yet. Wait, because we're going to have a quick break and then we'll be back with more listener mail.
0: So
1: does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control.
0: Terminix it.
1: Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment
0: online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind
1: after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing
2: Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. All right, we're back and um, those two topics you guys brought today were awesome, by the way, Uh, super terrifying implications um, with both of those stories. Uh, But so I'm going to bring a little bit of levity. I don't know. You could you could argue that it's 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 quite dark, in fact. But, you know, in the context of a ghost story, let's just treat it that way. Um, We had a lot of responses from our haunted objects episode, uh, people writing in about their own experience with haunted objects. And I found one that reads kind of nicely, like a quickie little ghost story. So I thought I would uh, share that with everyone today. This one comes from Mark. And it's about a uh, experience that he had with a haunted object. Here it goes. Around 1999, my family and I moved into a house owned by our family previously. And it was very old and had lots of history. This house was what was known as a mining hut back in the day that was owned by a mining company, but leased by workers for uh, living in. I was about six years old at the time when we moved in and started remodeling it. During the renovations, my father came upon a blue rubber ball. Unassuming, I know, but wait, here's where it gets crazy. Ha ha ha. Powerful words. I played with this ball for a bit and forgot about it. And as children do, moved on from it. One day, as I was just roaming the house, I found the ball down in our dining room area. And thinking nothing of it, I just tossed it into the yard. Fast forward a couple days, and I found this ball up in my bedroom. Assuming, as I did, that my little brother grabbed it and put it in there, I just left it on a shelf. Now I was home from school, sick one day, and my mom stayed home from work to look after me. As I'm laying on the couch and mom is making me some food, we hear some light rubbery thuds down the stairs, boing, 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 followed by a blue rubber ball coming from the stairwell and rolling past her and me into the living room. Now we had a cat, so mom said it must have been her. Mom threw the ball back up, and then as if, by magic, uh, as if it were being thrown back down, here it comes, bouncing down and back where we were. Now, I know maybe it was the cat, except the cat was verified to be in the room with us. Mom got creeped out, and I was pretty shocked, and she threw it away, and it was taken out with the trash. Now, a few years went by, and we moved, and one day I came home from a friend's house and go through my stuff, and on the bed... I opened my clothes drawer to get some fresh shorts, and there it is, the blue rubber ball. That couldn't have been placed in there because it was all the way in the back of the drawer under my clothes. Uh, And now I can tell you that mom and I had never told anyone about the ball because we actually forgot about it. So I was kind of taken aback. I ran down the stairs and grabbed my mom and showed her, and she was very shaken by this. Uh, We finally told my brother and my dad the story and my dad, always the skeptical one, uh, once again, threw the ball out. So you might be asking, how do you know he threw the ball out? Uh, or why didn't he burn it or something? And then he says, well, my good sirs, uh, time went on. I moved out, grew older, and got my own house with my fiancé. Never for one day did I think about the ball until I came home one day and sitting on my desk is the ball. Hmm. Now, my fiancé clearly hears me gasp and sees me looking at it, and she says while doing laundry, she found it under a pile of clothes and assumed it was ours for the dogs. So I tell her the story, and she's quite disturbed. But now I can't get rid of it because I know it'll come back. So now it sits in my cabinet of curiosities. Now, I don't know if you'll see this story, but if you would like pictures of the ball, I'll be more than happy to send them. Wow. Wow. I found that story somewhat chilling.
0: Hey, yes, I think so. Let's talk about it. And then I want to offer up my uh, hypothesis. I love it.
2: I love it. I feel like there is a a rational explanation. Uh, But it's like I said, like, I mean, the one brush with the afterlife or with, with ghosts that I ever had. I felt it in the moment as though I were truly experiencing something supernatural. And then only a day or so later was able to explain it away with what it really was. Mm. Um, it didn't change that feeling though. You know what I mean? I still felt some connection. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and and I, I wonder, I think even explaining away this, a story like this, I think the, the feeling is still there. Um, yeah. Did the ball have malicious intent? Is This one of those like cursed objects. that's just trying to freak people out. Or is it, is it the kind of ball that'll like bounce under someone's foot while they're walking down the steps and like, you know, take them out.
0: There are a couple of things we have to establish here that we don't have the information for, so we have to, you know, let's just talk about it and let's let's see what you think. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are picturing the same blue ball in your mind as I am. We grew up in the eighties and nineties. I see this old ball that I had. It was called it was yeah, it was definitely called a sky bounce. I think that was what it was called. It was a little blue rubber ball that was meant to bounce very, very high. Um, maybe that's not it. That's what I remember and what I had, those in particular would come in like you could get them in multiples.
1: Like of three, like racquetballs.
0: Or, yeah, like a tennis ball situation, exactly. Um, so I'm wondering if that's what it was or if it was, you know, something that was just in the house. It may have been from the 70s or even earlier, a uh, different kind of rubber ball. As we know, rubber has been around for a long time. But uh, what, what do you guys picture in your head? A for Super sure. Bowl? Yeah, like exactly like that. One of those like dense
2: rubber, blue rubber balls that bounce really, really high.
1: So, uh, what I immediately thought of when I read your story originally was the this, and I'm putting it in our group chat here. Uh, for anybody who's familiar with racquetball, there's a specific yes. type of surface or substance they're made of, which is rubber like, uh, but synthetic. And a bunch of, like if you had dogs you probably you might have had some of these or growing up if your if your parents played sports or if you played a sport like racquetball uh these these are pretty familiar but one thing i know about you guys one thing i learned from the haunted objects episode you know i'm always pushing to explore more paranormal stuff is that uh we have a lot of people who feel that they have weird stuff in their houses i think i mentioned the um Oh, I can look at it now just at the edge of the darkness from the laptop. I mentioned I have that carving that mm-hmm. I just try to be as respectful to and non, uh I try not to engage with it very much, like to the point where I'm not super comfortable carrying it around. And I know there's not a logical explanation for that, but um, there is a long history kind of, of um, well, it's a trope almost, the inescapable object, right? Uh, it's it's almost a, a predecessor. I'm sure there's some there's some academic somewhere who who has made this an argument for, uh, like an allegory for the problems of capitalism. Eventually, at some point, you realize your possessions own you. Uh mm. So that's uh, but I don't think that's what we're talking about here. I think this is le- a j- legitimate question from someone who's thinking very rationally about what the hell has happened over my life, such that. I may be being pursued by a haunted ball. And if so, what does it mean? And also, props to your fiance for uh, taking you seriously and not being that stereotype in a horror movie. I hate when that happens. That's such a lazy ride. Oh, it's only the wind. You know what I mean? Which I've got an overly developed analogy for um, as it relates to real life events. But I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm interested to hear more hypotheses, and I think I know where you might be going there, Matt. Sorry if I derailed this a little. These are sold in multiples often.
0: That's Yes, Ben, that's exactly where I was going. I was imagining a handball, racquetball. I think this the one I mentioned is a handball set mm. that you can get in one of those packages. And I was just imagining wherever they originated, however they got into the house in the first place, maybe they did come in multiples. Maybe a couple of them got put away. Maybe he was really young or this person was really young when they were playing with the balls more often or more frequently. Mm-hmm. And then both he and mom forgot they even had them because who, who cares? It was just a couple balls. We got a long time ago. One ended up in way in the back. One ended up down here. One ended up over there in a drawer. It's just uh, <laughs> that that's, that's my, it was just the wind scenario.
1: <laughs> but it's the, I mean, that's possible, right? Like there's also the question, um, well, I I ha I I run with sketchy crews of ethically dubious people. So one of and I'm related to quite a few of them as well. So one of my questions was like, could your family be purposely pranking you? Uh, yeah. is your fiance <laughs> bonding with her in laws, and they're like, don't say anything. We we'll just take this ball and put it under the clothes, okay? You are the best <laughs> daughter-in-law. Oh, my God, this is going to be epic. That probably didn't happen, and I think you would have known, like, based on the way your fiancé reacted to your distress, which, again, speaks very highly to their character, um, makes me think that there wouldn't be any pranks or shenanigans, you know? It's just, it's something my family would certainly think is hilarious, but that's, Luckily, not the case for other families. I mean, what do, you guys, what do you guys think? That's that's the big thing, the time interval, right? The pause for years of never seeing this. How, how long was it, Noel?
2: Oh, yeah. You it, was, it was kind of like a flash-forward sequence in a horror movie, you know, where it's like 10 years later. But let me see what the actual number is real quick.
0: Sorry, guys. I don't mean to interrupt here. Uh, ben, I keep thinking about your prank angle now, and I'm just imagining – uh, this person is going to be, you know, they're going to arrive home and they're going to find the blue ball once again like in the microwave or something and they're going to open it up, see it in there, <gasps> and then Tracy Morgan's going to pop out and be like, ha, are you scared? It's scare tactics! <laughs> no. Oh, you shouldn't be scared! Morgan's no. like
1: the ball was Bruce Willis the whole time.
0: <laughs> wait, <laughs> yeah.
2: wait, 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 are we burying the lead here? Tracy Morgan had a prank show?
0: Uh, Tracy Morgan recorded a bunch of Segments for a prank show. Got it. Completely separately from the show. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Okay, fair. fair. Uh, I I
2: realize now, uh, just doubling back, it doesn't have an exact uh, Mm. year. It was just a few years later we moved. Uh, But this whole thing reads like, you know that story, and in, in, in it was one of those kids' books that actually was pretty scary, about the girl with the ribbon around her neck, and then on her deathbed, like, the husband, like, takes the ribbon off, and the punchline of the whole story is, and then her head fell off. Um, and the the ribbon is, like, this thing that, like, chases them throughout their lives or whatever and ends up being this spooky thing that she was dead the whole time. But to me, I just picture this rubber ball as being the most obnoxious and just, like, dogged kind of like a supernatural nemesis just bouncing after you and like i want to see a real horror movie that really uses like you know horror movie tropes where you're literally just running away from a rubber bouncing ball and it kills people by like you know tripping them and making them fall to their death
1: you know that reminds me i always wondered what the true form of the antagonist in it follows is Right, Because it looks like when it's chasing you, you're the only one who can see it. And it looks like various people from your lives. But what if it's true form is just a, a blue racquetball or handball? Mm-hmm. Also, I, I also thought, you know, are we being unfair about the motivations of the ball? What if it just wants to hang out? What if just want you to play with a favorite person it.
0: out of billions of people? <gasps> it's Woody. <laughs> the blue ball is Woody.
1: And it shows you Pokemon style. You know what I mean? That's dope. We're trying to put a positive spin on this, but it is, it is tough to explain. And I I think, um, I think that a lot of people, regardless of whether you feel that you are spiritually connected to some higher plane or whether you are uh, a diehard, you know, atheist, skeptic, so on, I think we've all had experiences like this that make you, you know, just want to double check that the doors are locked, make sure the lights are on. And there's, do you think a blue rubber ball can open doors like a velociraptor? If it goes fast enough, yeah. <laughs> it's just it bounces really know, yeah. hard on each side, from left to right. <laughs> right.
0: Ben, I would say some of us want to keep all the lights off
1: on purpose. Well, it's definitely me. Yes, <laughs> I have to have this on so that it's not. <laughs> no, you got me. You got me. That's oh, fair. It's a fair point. <laughs> fair point. Um, yeah, that's that. That is true. Uh, Noel, since this this is the story you brought, I think the last word goes to you, man.
2: I think Matt's got a pretty solid thesis going on here about how this could be, you know, coincidence or a combination of coincidence and just like, you know, being the victim of, of thriftiness and buying rubber balls in bulk. But I do, I feel like the, I feel like the, the listener would have remembered that. Remembered buying, you know, a massive pack of these things, but uh, it definitely is something that could figure into it. Um, I don't know, man. I've seen some spooky stuff. This, this, this certainly could be a thing, but I just what is the ball's intention? What does it want? Can a ball want anything,
0: I th- guys? I think we've established it. Okay, it, it's the ball wants to get played with, the ball needs some racquetball time and it's been waiting for it and it just never got it so it's like maybe if I'm closer to the the socks in the sock drawer Mm -hmm. or to you know the workout shorts or the other
1: balls (laughs) it just wants you to play with it forever and ever ever and ever ever. so that's the takeaway folks Uh, make sure to play with your balls you know Uh, there may be consequences can we keep that in especially
0: if they're blue All right,
1: doc can we keep that one in (laughs)
0: <laughs> Play with
1: your I balls.
0: Mean, that's to You guys. All
1: right. Okay. I say we keep it. Okay. All right. Well, the doc is spoken. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, as you know, as uh Noel indicated, we have, I think all of us as individuals in a group have uh greatly, immensely enjoyed uh reading your accounts of things you cannot explain things that exist just on the edge of what we acknowledge to be reality. So please do not hesitate to send us more. Uh, If you want to tell us your personal experience with things like uh, NCIC, uh, we would love to hear that too. We do our best to protect your anonymity. Uh, And if you want to give us your take on radicalization online, Or, you know, if you have an inside scoop on Blueface, whom we're not too familiar with, we'd like to hear that, too. We try to be easy to find online.
0: That's right. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook, where we are Conspiracy Stuff, Conspiracy Stuff show on Instagram. Also, Conspiracy Stuff on YouTube. That's social media, too. Ha ha. On TikTok, we are not. And on what else? I don't know. You guys are on TikTok. Maybe you want to share your thing someday. Not not yet, though. Nope. Okay. Uh, no, I, I don't, don't have t- a. T- I don't know. I'm.
2: That's. I, I. don't have a TikTok, uh, nor will I ever. Mark my words.
0: Up. Oh, makes sense. Not a. No TikTok today, but Pinterest. As always, you can find all of our stuff on mm-hmm. Pinterest. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. That's really. That's you know. Uh, that's really where the the seed of the show started. Uh, is is as a as a Pinterest board. Most of your favorite podcasts. Uh, started as Pinterest boards. That is Sorry. a fact. There is no need to Google it.
0: Just Did, you see the, it. <laughs> Did you see we had actual listener correspondence about not being able to find us on Pinterest? I think somebody missed a joke in there somewhere.
1: Look, don't get me wrong. I know it. Does, it's great for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a cool yeah. next step of the vision board. Um, and there's some ritual to it, you know. Uh, but we... We are not aware of a stuff they want you to know Pinterest yet. But if you want to start one, then that's that's up to you.
0: Yes, very much so. Um, you know, guys, before we wrap, we hinted at a, another secret message that we were going to read on the show today. So let's Ooh. make sure we do that right at the end. That's okay? right.
1: Yeah, we'll do it right before the email. How about okay. that? OK, OK,
0: so the next thing, if you don't want social media, is our phone number
2: you can give us a call at 1833 stdwytk 3 minutes is the time that you shall have to leave a compelling voicemail if you feel like it's going to take longer than that or you want to just like wrap uh, do that via email cuz we actually use the audio from these things in our weekly listener mail episodes so let us know if it's okay to use your audio and uh, what to
1: call you and before we get to the email let's check in with Pete from Australia hi Pete here's what you said you said hey guys Pete here from Melbourne, Australia. It's been on my mind for a long time and checked back through your shows and failed to find you guys covering it. What is it? It's one of the biggest lies out there today. The cover-up, literally, of Mars past civilization that's proven in the thousands of photos taken by the various rovers over all these years, exclamation point. I thought you guys were the kings of stuff they don't want you to know. And I play your podcast loud in my workshop so all across the land can hear the truth, lol. But it looks like I have it wrong. Sounds like the powers to be have got you all quiet on this one. I believe you guys are big scaredy cats for not wanting to see the truth or have you been paid off, lol. Surely, you all know, many, many pics exist, and the proof is there if you dare to look, not just the pyramid face, etc. That's old news. And then it continues.
0: The various statues, acres of shrapnel, and strange mechanical odd items, sometimes clearly and not so clear, continue to freak us out. To think another civilization existed on another planet is just incredible and i know the phrase by carl sagan incredible findings require incredible proof or something like that but in <laughs> <laughs> but in saying all that i love your show and enjoy you guys sharing your vast knowledge and intelligent discussions but it just keeps nibbling at me like a sick rat eating a good cheese so come on own up. why haven't you covered this issue so
1: i think we can um I think we can stop it there, right? Yeah, I
0: think that's okay. it. I think we can stop it here.
1: So, Pete, uh, all to say, thank you so much for emailing us. This made our day. Um, why? i to stay tuned and find out.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Check your feed, pal.
1: <laughs> we suggest you check your feed for yesterday's episode. Boom, we're
0: messing with time. Oh, snap. Check your episode, Pete. Yeah. How's them Melbournes? Oh, sorry. What? That's not a thing. All right. I'm done.
1: If you want to take a letter from the Book of Pete and communicate with us directly, as Pal Noel was saying, then do so at our email address, where we are available 24 hours a day, uh, seven, eight days a week, no matter how productive you find yourself. You can always contact us where we are.
2: Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com.